Hello, and welcome to Field Notes, the weekly podcast of the Military Fellowship Center in Jacksonville, North Carolina, serving Marines stationed at Cap Lejeune and surrounding areas. Military Fellowship Center is a ministry of Military Evangelism Incorporated. Our speaker and host for the program is Dave Mason, the General Director of Military Evangelism and the Field Director at Jacksonville. Visit us on the web at militaryfellowshipministry.com or email us at militaryfellowshipctr at gmail.com. Now, here's Dave Mason. Mark chapter 7, starting verse number 1. Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say, unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands often, eat not, holding to the tradition of the elders. And when they had come from the market, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there be, which they have received to hold, as the washing of cups and pots and brazen vessels and of tables. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, asked Jesus, Why? Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders? Note that. That's really important. But eat bread with unwashed hands. They could care less whether or not the disciples are following biblical principles, whether or not they're following God. They're not following our traditions. Okay? Watch out when you think church traditions way more important, right, than the Bible. You've gotta gotta understand this thing this there's nothing wrong with tradition. But when it gets out of hand, then something's wrong with it, right? All right, so, verse 6, Jesus answered and said unto them, Well, well has Isaiah prophesied of you, hypocrites. As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold... You hold to the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and then many other such things like you do. And he said to them, Full well you reject the commandment of God, that you might keep your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and whoso curses father and mother, let him die the death. But you say, If a man shall say to his father and mother, It is Corbin, that is to say it's a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be fine, he shall be free. And you will suffer him no more to do aught for his father or mother, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have delivered, and many such things do ye. Let me stop right there, and let's say a few things, and we're going to keep going. Verse number 6 is really key here. He's he's hearkening back to uh, Isaiah 29, um, where, you know, it's written... The people honor me with their lips, but with their heart, they're far from me. And what this is all about is exterior religion versus a heart heart religion, a heart conversion, you know? A lot of folks think that so long as I do these things, I'm okay with God, right? As long as I honor these traditions, as long as I follow along this stuff, I'm okay with God. And Jesus is saying... There's nothing wrong with following on those things. That's that, if that's what you like, that's cool. You know, if you just like singing hymns, that's all right. You know, if you just like the King James Bible, that's cool. You know, 
Whatever it is that you like, that's cool. But the minute you start making that a litmus test for faith, the minute you start saying, if you don't do these things that I do, you're not following God correctly, what you, what you start doing is you teach for doctrines, verse 7, the commandments of men. Doctrine is truth. The commandments of men can never be complete truth because it's from men. The men are fallen. Men are weak. Men are not, you know, um, if, I have, if I have yet to disappoint you, hang on. I will because I'm a man. I will disappoint you at some point in this, in this time. If you have any doubt about that, ask my wife. I'm very good at disappointing people. Correct, dear? <laughs> you know, so I tell you something and I tell you that you got to do it this way or you're not a good Christian. Well, that's, that's my opinion, but that doesn't mean it's true. Correct? Mm-hmm. All right. If it's not the Bible, then it's not, it's not, it's, it's all about the state of the heart. You honor God with your lips, but your heart is far from him. That's the key. See, religion tells you you do these things and God is going to be okay with you. Faith is, God loves me, came to me. I don't have to climb the mountain to get to God because God came down the mountain to come to me. Correct? So the state of the heart and tradition that becomes doctrine, that's a bad thing. You know? And in order, to, in order to, for tradition to become that important, you have to actually ignore the word of God. Verse 8, he says, you lay aside the commandment of God so that you can hold on to these traditions. You actually have to ignore some things in the Word of God in order to keep those traditions fully. You, ha- you really do. So you've got to be careful. Then we get down to verse 10, and he says, you know, he gives this incredible example. And he cuts right to the quick of what these guys are doing. Because the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, they're all doing the same sort of thing. And what they're doing is they're using their religion to get their way. It's really what they're doing, you know? And I akin this to modern-day, you know, ultra-conservative churches where, you know, women can't wear pants. they got to wear skirts that drag the ground, right? You know, because they, they can't show their shape or anything because that, that's, uh, that's ungodly. And I always, I, I've always said the pastor who insists that their women wear skirts is a guy who's got a problem, and he's trying to force his women in his church to help him not have a problem. He can't keep his eyes off a lady, so he's trying to dress her in a way that's unattractive so that he doesn't look at her. I think that's what that I think the core of that is that. Yeah, but a lot of it is conviction. I do believe some of it is conviction, but I, I think the guys that are forcing it, I'm not talking about the ladies. Some ladies have a conviction about that. That's fine. But I'm saying the guys who enforce that, I think a lot of them have problems. And the Pharisees are doing the same sort of thing here. What they're doing is they're saying, I really don't want to take care of the things that I'm supposed to take care of as a man. And here's the example Jesus gives. Your mom and dad. When your mom and dad get older, you have a responsibility to take care of them. They can't work. This is the day before, this is, these are the days before Social Security. Which we're going to have in about 15, 20 years when it's dead anyway. and Nobody's going to have Social Security anyway, right? Um, so we're going to be back to having to take care of your mom and dad. Right? And Jesus says, you've got to take care of your mom and dad. But you guys are saying this. If you call your gift Corbin, which is to say uh, it's a gift to God, 
It's a gift to the temple. You can, what they're saying is, is I can't take care of my mom and dad because I have to give my gift to the temple. So instead of giving the gift to the temple and taking care of mom and dad, they're declaring what they should be using for mom and dad as a gift to the temple so they don't have to take care of mom and dad. Sound a little sneaky to y'all? Sound like you're kind of twisting the word of God and moving things so that you can get your own way? That's what people do all the time with the word of God. You can prove anything you want out of this Bible if you just take a verse out of context. Correct? Mm -hmm. You know, oh, it's a gift for the temple. Well, that's good. That's that, you know. Yeah, but then you're, you're fulfilling religious obligations so you don't have to do what's right by others. And what did Jesus say the two greatest commandments are? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. <clears throat> we have an obligation to take care of other people. That's our job, especially our family. Paul says over in 1 Thessalonians that if any man take care not of his own, especially those of the house of God, he's worse than an infidel. Right? We're supposed to take care of each other. But don't you go, you can't say, well, I had to tithe, so I don't have enough money to help you out. <laughs> That's what these guys are doing. And he says, you just made the word of God with no effect, you know. You, you, know, you, 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 um, <clears throat> you make the word of God, verse 13, of no effect through your traditions, which you have delivered. And many such things you do. You do a whole lot more than just that one thing. There's a lot of stuff that you are manipulating the word of God in so that you can get your way got to be careful with that, guys and gals. Don't manipulate the Word of God so that you can justify your sin. You just can't do that. You know? We can, we, you know, I don't know what your sin is. You don't know what my sin is. I don't know what your convictions are. I don't, you don't know what my convictions are. But we know what our own are, right? We each know. Let's not go through the Bible and start looking for ways to get around that. You know, my friend Roger Boguski is a missionary to the Jews. He says um, Jews are just like Gentiles um, because they spend their whole life building fences around themselves. And then they spend the first part of their life building these fences. Then they spend the rest of their life trying to figure out how to get over it or under it so they can get out and play. <laughs> you know, um, down in Baltimore, um, you, you'll see these wires uh, on telephone poles. And they're not telephone wires. They're not cable. They're put up by the rabbis. Because on the Sabbath, you can't walk more than a Sabbath mile, right? But the rabbis have reinterpreted the Talmud and the Torah and, and the Midrash to say that you can't walk more than a Sabbath mile outside of a structure. So the structure used to be your home. You couldn't walk more than a mile outside of your home. But if there's a structure, which means an enclosed structure, than anything out a mile outside of that structure. So there are wires over on the west side of the city and over on the east side. They just got a new one put up in the west side of the city a few years ago. And it runs about 18 city blocks. <laughs> and this is wire that the city let them put up. Now the Jews that live inside of those that wire can go a mile outside of that wire in any direction on the Sabbath. Build a fence and then figure out how to get around it. Right? And that's what we do a lot. We create these rules for ourselves, and then we try to figure out how we can get around that rule without violating the rule. And that's exactly what the Jews are doing here in Jesus' day. So verse 14, look at this. He, when he had called all the people to him, he said to them, Hearken to me, every one of you, and understand. 
Now listen to me. Because these guys are complaining that my guys haven't ceremoniously washed their hands before they ate. And, and they haven't ceremoniously washed their pots and their pans and all the, the, the vessels and the tables and such. Let me tell you something. Verse 15. There is nothing from outside, from without a man, that entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, they, these are those that defile a man. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 17. And when he had entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning this parable. He said unto them, Are you so without understanding also? Come on, guys. You've been with me for a while now. You should know this. Do you not perceive that whatsoever thing comes from without enters into a man? It can't defile him. Why? Because it enters not into his heart, but into his belly and goes out the draw. Purging all the meats. Whatever you eat, that can't defile you because you're going to get rid of it. It's going to go. It's only in you temporarily, right? So whatever you eat can't defile you. And yes, Jesus is telling them, eating pork is not sending you to hell. Eating shellfish is not going to send you to hell. You know, we've had... We've had uh, Guys and gals come through here several times over the years. I don't eat pork. Well, sorry, there's sausage in the sauce. <laughs> I, it's how I make it. You know, I had somebody one time ask, say, I've got somebody who wants to come, but she she's um uh, what's was uh, vegan. I was like, well, you're out of luck. Like what? You're not gonna make a special? No, I'm not making a special meal for her. Sorry. You know, we got a ministry to run, right? And besides that, nothing she eats can defile her. You can't get defiled by having a piece of bacon. You can just get really happy. <laughs> right? That's what exactly. <laughs> everything makes everything tastes better with bacon. Am I right? Come on, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Bacon. I've had bacon on a stick dipped in chocolate. Let me tell you something. That's Chocolate and bacon? No, that is not. Yeah, nice. oh, no it, it's, good. it's good. Back no. in the forties, the most popular sandwich in America was a peanut butter and bacon sandwich. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So anyway, but what goes in you can't hurt you. It can't hurt you spiritually. Why did God have those dietary laws back in the Old Testament? Because He was testing the people. He was trying to show them something. He was trying to give them a, a, a foreshadowing of the Messiah to show them, hey, something better is coming. Let's see if you can live by some rules so that when the Messiah comes, you can actually live for the rules, not by them. Right? It's not a matter of keeping the rules. It's a matter of, I want to live by this. Would you be healthier if you didn't eat shellfish and bacon? Shake your head like this. Yes, yes, you would be. Absolutely, you would be, you would be healthier. I didn't say mentally. I said physically. Physically, you'd be healthier, not mentally. But, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, it was a principle that God put into effect for a while so that we could learn from it. Now Jesus is coming along saying, what goes in you doesn't defile you. Eating with hands that weren't washed in a mikvah, blessed by a rabbi, is not going to hurt you. You know, you, you didn't, you know, cause, just because you didn't wash in water that the rabbi blessed doesn't mean that you can't eat. You know, it's because it goes in the belly, not the heart. Look at verse 18. Do you not perceive that whatsoever thing comes from without enters into man, it cannot defile him, because it enters not into his heart, but in the belly, verse 19. And goes into the draught and purging all the meats. 
verse 20, and he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetous. Oh my goodness, Jesus, what are you doing here? Wickedness, <laughs> deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy. Can you stop? Pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Food is nothing. It goes in, it goes out. It's what's in the heart that defiles us. And in the heart, Jesus says, there's evil thoughts. Anyone guilty? Evil thoughts? Adulteries. Yeah, y'all are in your 20s. You're all guilty of that one. Because <laughs> adulteries in Greek is porneia. It's where we get pornography from. Pornographic. It means sexual sin outside the bonds of marriage. That's what it means. Everybody's guilty. Just like every one of you have broken every one of the Ten Commandments, you're all guilty of that one. So am I. We're all guilty. Jesus said, if you look on someone with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. Jesus said, if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. He's teaching us that the heart is where the, the, the seat of the soul is, and that's, that's where you, you know, the sin starts. It's not the action you make that's the sin. It's the, where the sin starts that's the sin. It's in the heart. So, evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, same thing. Murders, hating people, that's murder. Theft, yeah, we know, but we pretty know what that is, much know what that is, right? Covetousness, you really want what somebody else has to the point that you start obsessing over it. Ain't that covetousness? Yeah, I really want that. I want that Apple Watch. That's so cool, right? Right? I gotta have one. And now, you and now you're obsessing for three months till you get the money together. Or you go get a credit card so you buy it with money you don't have. And then you go get it. Right? Right? You got to get it. That's covetousness. That's one of the Ten Commandments. Don't be covetous. Wickedness. I had to look this one up in the Greek. It means depravity, malice, evil desires. Ooh, sounds like Instagram. Yeah, right. The egg. The egg. Yeah. It's an evil egg. How about this one? Deceit. That means trickery. <clears throat> Every one of you have experienced this at the hands of someone else because you're in the Marine Corps. Somebody in the Corps has tricked you. Facts. Told you they were your friend and stabbed you in the back. Recruiter, man. Recru yeah, they started with the recruiter, right? Yeah. Because yeah. he. He promised you that this you were going to. and I didn't get it. Yeah. He promised you that you were going to be eating steak dinners every night, and you know, right? Everything was going to be wonderful, right? We said steak dinners every night. Oh, yeah. crash by rescue, easy. Mm -hmm. yeah. Tell me about it. So yeah, but we've all been there. We've all been deceived. How about this one? Lasciviousness. That's a struck. That's a that's a stretch. That's a that's a big word. It means untamed. Lust, excessive sexuality, shamelessness. 
Again, sounds like Twitter and Instagram, right? Right? Just think Tinder. Is that what that's called? Yeah, Tinder. Tinder, I guess. That was funny. We were in my home church the other night, the other week, and so it, my pastor asked somebody about, are we on this, that, or the other? And somebody said Snapchat, and he said, Snap what? <laughs> never heard of it. I love that. I love that he, that he had never heard of it. But, you know, it, that, it's that idea of, of that's the only thing you're thinking of. It's the moment you wake up, the moment you go to bed. It's every waking moment. It, it's just constant. I'll be honest with you, our culture is just guilty of that all the way around. An evil eye. An evil eye. Looking to cause other people harm. Looking at people with hatred and disrespect and disgust and hoping the worst for them. That's an evil eye. Blasphemy. I had, this was interesting. The word blasphemy there doesn't just mean blasphemy towards God, but to others and their good name. Ooh. Jesus says that's evil. When you actively try to take someone down, you're committing blasphemy against their name. And maybe the person doesn't have a good name, but you're a Christian. Your job is to try to help them have a good name. <laughs> yeah. Pride? That just means arrogance and foolishness. Reckless, thoughtless, senseless actions foolishness those are the guys that are you know got the memes and everything where they're you know setting stuff on fire and you know things like that and acting like a fool trying to trying to rail slide when they don't know how that kind of thing you know i mean you everybody here has at least at least at one point in their life spent about three or four minutes watching a guy hit the rail with his crotch, right, over and over again. And it just keeps back and forth, back and forth. And you're just laughing like crazy, right? Guy was a fool. He couldn't do it. Don't try it, right? Stay away from that. So it's that, that idea of just foolishness, just thoughtlessness. You know, it's like, remember we talked Friday night about the temptations, you know, and, and the devil tried to get Jesus to jump off the temple, right, tempting God, right? Uh, being foolish with your life that God gave you, that's this idea here, being reckless unnecessarily. I'm not saying you don't take risks. You've got to take risks in life, but don't be foolish about it. Don't be foolish about it. My pastor still, he, he likes to say there's a fine line between faith and foolishness. You've got to find out where that line is. Right? So Jesus says all these things, all these evil things come from within, and they are the things that defile Thank you for joining us for Field Notes. If you have been blessed by the preaching and teaching you have heard, consider visiting our website at militaryfellowshipministry.com and click the Donate button. Any amount will be a great help to us as we continue to reach our men and women in the military with the gospel. Join us next week as we continue our study of God's Word. God bless you.